The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone, goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again! Platoon, present cell phone. High Five! High Five! Casino! Casino! Win at High Five Casino! High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM. Let's create. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. Everyone and welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I am your host, Ray Harkins. Episode number 65. This is one I'm extremely excited to bring you. It is with uh, Spencer Hickman, the owner of Death Waltz Records, and more on him in a minute. Let's talk about PropertyofZach.com. They are our media partner, and I think that's the first time I've called them that, but they are. And I apologize. I sound sick. That's because I am. I've got a bunch of shit in my face i.e. snot. So if I'm nasally, that's why. Propertyofzach.com. They are a great partner. They are a great site. If you care about independent music, go there. Find out all of the newest, hottest, coolest, whatever adjective you want to put on it, information about the bands that you more likely than not care about. And if you don't care about, you'll find out quickly. And you visited the site anyways. So thanks for trying. Propertyofzach.com. And if you're also poking around online, which most of you are, Visit the show's website, 100wordspodcast.com. I post stuff in between the weeks that I post shows. So, you know, from Tuesday to Tuesday, because that's when I post new episodes, in case you haven't noticed, uh, you'll be able to find recommendations, fun stuff to, you know, kind of waste your time on, because after all, that's kind of what a lot of us do online anyways. Visit there. Review the show if you're feeling ever so kind. Go to iTunes, type in 100 Words Podcast. It'll pop up. You can drop some nice sentences if you're feeling that gracious, or you can just pop on the number of stars that you care to give the show. I'm pretty proud of the fact that we're close to a five, and it's like 4.9 something or other, and that's awesome. I appreciate people giving nice feedback because I do read those, 
and I take those all into consideration when I am recording new episodes and guests and all that type of stuff. So all the business out of the way. Spencer Hickman. Well, basically, this this kind of shows a little insight to my own personal psyche, and I think something that I can equate to being an only child. I didn't know about this dude or his record label up until maybe about less than six months ago. Uh, And I just became wholeheartedly obsessed with what he is doing. So uh, he's he's based out of the UK. He is a person that's been involved in music forever and ever, as you'll find out in our interview. He is responsible for taking soundtracks to sort of cult horror, science fiction movies and bringing them to life in the vinyl form. And he does amazing work with artists that do these really, really cool specific pieces for each release as it comes out. Um, You know, he did like Halloween. He did uh, The Fog. He did Let the Right One In. He's done a lot of amazing scores. And, you know, a lot of people would be like, yo, listening to soundtracks, like that sounds fucking boring as shit. I promise you, each one of these soundtracks lives on its own. And even if you haven't seen the movie and you listen to the soundtrack, you could be like, oh, wow, like this is cool. These things live independently of the movies, but then also obviously augment and make your appreciation for those movies even greater. So basically this dude hit two sweet spots for me, cult movies and vinyl. And I was like, I am all in and fucking bought as many things as I possibly could from him. So then I just hit him up on Twitter. It was like, yo, I would love to interview you because I don't know who you are. And he agreed because he was randomly in L.A. And uh, I went over to a friend's house or his friend's house. And uh, we hung out for about an hour and found out we had a lot in common. I'll bring that interview to you in a second. But I have to get two random things off my chest. And if you don't want to listen to this, that's fine. Fast forward like four minutes, then it'll be good. I just recently finished a book called Louder Than Hell. It's an oral history on metal from like the inception to kind of where we're at now uh, by the author John Wiederhorn. And I'm totally, if I'm butchering his last name, I apologize. But just search Louder Than Hell and you will find it. It's like a 900-page just epic epic book in regards to the music scene. And when I say music scene, I mean metal. It's interesting because uh, towards the end of the book, it started to focus on what was happening in Orange County in regards to metal and hardcore. So you bands like Throwdown, 18 Visions, Bleeding Through, a lot of these things that were, um, you know, kind of popping up. And it's weird because as a person who was involved with that scene, especially during that time, uh, just because my old band was playing in conjunction with a lot of these bands, it was an interesting feeling to kind of look at my own self and be like, I am literally a footnote in this book. I'm not really. Just to think of like, okay, you're not mentioned in this book. And like, you know, the ego starts to play like, oh, he didn't do that good of a job. Of course he fucking did. (laughs) He did a great job on documenting that. But each scene obviously has your A-list bands, and your B-list bands, and your C-list bands. And that's obviously why we were not included in that. And plus, we weren't really even metal to begin with. But that is not even why I bring this up. It brought up these thoughts in my head of being like, where you're comfortable in your life. Like the sort of idea that, you know, we all want to leave some sort of legacy, whether or not it's like a family, whether or not it's professionally. We all want to have these impacts greater than what our life is on this planet. At least most people do. I don't know if I necessarily want to have this like, oh, I can't wait to fucking change the world and like my name will live on for a hundred years past my death. I don't know. I guess I don't personally believe in that. But I do believe in having some recorded evidence of why I was here or what I was doing, whether it's like, you know, something that my son can refer to where it's like, oh, this is what my dad was into. And then hopefully his 
children will be able to look at this in context and be like, oh, yeah, like my grandpa was a dude and played in bands and liked music. I don't know. It's just interesting to kind of like read a book and then have something that like you knew so intimately and were involved in and then have it kind of in black and white in front of you and be like, oh, yeah, I know all those stories. Like, that's cool. Needless to say, it just kind of puts legacy in perspective when you read something like that, because I'm getting of the age where it's like, oh, okay, like you can look back retrospectively and be like, oh, wow, that's interesting. Here was a scene. This was meaningful. You should have paid attention to it. And this is why. Great book. Check it out. Without any further ramblings, I will bring you the interview with Spencer and uh, great dude. So much fun shit. Yeah, he just had a lot of great things to kind of expose in regards to starting your own business, using all the expertise that you've built up in your life and kind of doing something new and challenging, exciting, and scary at the same time. Here we are, Spencer Hickman, Death Waltz Records. Enjoy. It's like the, the, the boutique bedroom operations where it's just like, you know, it's so hard to get that started and off the ground when yeah. you have like a big vision for something. If you don't have like, you're like, who do I talk to? Yeah, you got to contact. I've worked in the industry for so long. Right, right. Like, I mean, how I discovered Death Waltz and then obviously you as, as, as a person was it was like, I want to say it was, it was maybe like six or seven months ago. And this is honestly what gets me so excited about independent music in general, like still where you just you look under a little rock and then you're just like holy shit like this is here this exists yeah. this label that releases amazing soundtracks from movies that I enjoy like I just didn't know this existed and so you know you dive into that world and it's just it's great that those things can obviously still exist and still be able to find an audience yeah have a voice nice no, it's, it's been insane yeah. <laughs> right because yeah. what was the actual quote unquote launch of it like you like put it out there in the world. Well, in fact, I was at Nam this time last year. We launched the website, and I was talking about us our first two releases, which we got. We announced they weren't on sale yet. Sure, I reckon they went on sale on like the twenty first of May. It's incredible. I want to say yeah, in like a year, and then all of a sudden it's just like oh wow. I know we've got some like I signed a couple of huge things, which are not. Yeah, you're not yeah, proving yeah, 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 put it out there. Yeah. But, I mean, like, the end of the year, sure. I've got some US-only releases. Oh, amazing. Um, which will retail at cheaper than... I mean, I, I guess I've been seeing them in stores for, like, $28. Sure. These will be, like, 20 bucks. Oh, that's great. Um, and they're huge. That's amazing. And, like, so excited. Right. We've worked with... So now I'm working with big major labels. Sure. Getting... Then getting like huge directors to approve to changes and stuff, and you're like, because is, is that is that generally how it works? Where it's like obviously the usually the master rights lie with some music, like some studio or label. Yeah, it's, you know what? It's different. Everything's weird. So everything's completely different, and obviously it's music industry, and it's music industry in 2013. So there's no rules whatsoever. <laughs> right, right, right. So certain things like. John Carpenter sure. owns the rights to someone Precinct 13. Okay. So he's just giving me the rights. Let's get to that. We're going to do that. He's going to do all the sleeve notes. He doesn't own the rights to any of his other films. Oh, okay. But he, he's now writing these sleeve notes for all of our past releases, and we're going to reissue them with a full sleeve. 
Oh, okay. And a booklet. Oh, amazing. booklet inside. Sure, So they're sure. slightly different. And then we'll make that picture booklet kind of available as a PDF to anyone that's purchased. Oh, then, amazing. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't want people to have to buy it twice. Right, of course. But when you've got, you know... Yeah, you're like... John Carvin's right. Okay, you got this cool shit. I want right yeah. sleeve notes for this. Totally, totally. So I'm like, yeah, cool. That's yeah. amazing, though, because he's a hero. Oh, of course. Yeah. Because, I mean, my only experience with soundtrack stuff is... Just, I mean, very like your terrible, terrible, like major label stuff where it's just like, you know, movies like Beer Fest and shit like that. Yeah, or it's just yeah, like, yeah. I, and I, I only was like a project manager. So people were just like, I, it got put on my desk and they're so like, it, yeah. yeah. And so it's like, you know, you see, you see that side of things, but then obviously you see the sort of, you know, the, the creator of the art being able to obviously, like you said, have all the rights and stuff. So it's interesting. Yeah, so it, it's been really interesting because I've had a really good split of stuff that's with companies. Sure. And stuff that's with individuals. Right, right. We're doing three releases for Halloween. Like, Halloween is going to be, like, slasher month for Deathworks. <laughs> They're, like, three of my favourite 80s films and definitely favourite 80s scores. They're phenomenal. That's amazing. And all of those, the rights lie mm-hmm. with the director. That's, and I'm sure or that the makes composer, it... which makes it way, totally. way easier. Of course. To, Less red tape. To, yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's really amazing. Like, um, you can go to certain people, you know, you send them an email and you're like, hey, this is what we do. This is what we've achieved. This is what, you know, and, and stuff, especially when you're talking to Americans, mm-hmm. stuff saying, you know, like, we had this 10-page article in Spin magazine. Right. Stuff, it really holds. It resonates, yeah. Yeah. Sure, sure. So you go to those people and they're just like, really want to release that like you know i'm we, sure they're we, yeah their heads are like what yeah. why would you want to revisit <laughs> they, yeah you know so and then it's really awesome because then they get really excited sure because they check the website out and they're like wow this isn't just some like shitty you know yeah mom and pop this looks terrible yeah yeah so it, 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 it re i'm sure like you said it gets them excited because it reinvigorates their art to where it's just like Wow, this can be introduced yeah. to a whole new generation of kids yeah. that have and never even known about yeah. this. Two, two of these guys only, well, one only ever did one soundtrack. Yeah. Oh no, in fact, both of them only ever did two soundtracks, and they were sequels to the movies that were That's amazing. So it's amazing. We you know it's like I think what I always wanted to do is I had someone on our Facebook page sort of accusing me of only going after sort of easy soundtracks oh, okay the, the low-hanging like fruit that. yeah yeah and then sort of then saying you know you're completely you're a british label you're completely ignoring british british film scores this is a disgrace i don't know what you think you're doing and i was like i just released scores to films that i love that's the only right. criteria <laughs> right, right. i've got well i don't want to release you know and i was like I've just had a five-year deal with Hammer Film. Right. You know, like, yeah. you can't get any more British. Right, that is so <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, no, I probably don't as much now. As when I first started, I really took criticism to heart. Sure. Because it, well, it's, it's the so label is a really personal thing, and the idea is all me. It's no one Yeah, it's an, ex- it's an extension of yourself, so yeah. by default, it's hard for you to remove yeah. yourself from it, so I totally get although, it. Although now I, I'm, I'm way better than I was, and I can just go like, yeah, <laughs> Yeah, you're like, you, you do your thing, I'll do mine, yeah. that's fine. I've always wanted to release stuff that I love. Sure. I've always wanted to mix it with big stuff and then small stuff. Sure. Which is why I released The Devil's Business. Mm-hmm. That film hasn't even come out in America. Right. Like, there are people in the States that own that score. Right. That don't even know the movie. Right. And some of the stuff that I've got coming up is more niche than things I've released. That's amazing. 
and that's what I want to do. And I, you know, I never wanted to be known as a reissue label, which right. is like why we're releasing Maniac. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to the guys about releasing Kiss of the Damned because okay. that score is phenomenal. Cool. And I never wanted to be pushed into a niche of being a soundtrack reissue label. I'm really glad now because there's a couple of people mm-hmm. who are now about to release soundtracks and the blueprint is exactly the same as Death Wars. Sure. But, you know, they're just going to do... That's just what they're going to do, right? Yeah, so... Yeah, you're able to... You, you, you want to make your mod, like, the idea of the label. It's, like, scalable and it obviously will be... It all can be part of the same family, but like you said, you're not in just that corner. Yeah. Right, right. And that's why, you know, when I first started, it, it was like Colton Horror soundtracks on, on yeah. vinyl. And then I was thinking, well, Donnie Darko and Let the Right One In really class them as cult movies, but they're not. Yeah. I don't know if they're really truly cult films because they've got a large following right and then it was like uh, actually you know and let the right one in is i think it's like a love story it's not, it is. and it's just wrapped happens to be wrapped around a vampire tale. right and then i kind of struggled for a while because i was thinking oh, i just don't want to be known as a horror soundtrack especially when you go to someone who's not who doesn't operate in that world because they go oh, i don't know if i want to be of course. associated with that so that's why we i came up with a tagline like the art of soundtracks right because right. it just it expands everything it. Yeah, that course. i want to do and i you know i'm a huge Huge horror and exploitation fan, hence why I have shining right. tattoos. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, you're, you're art, great you're eaters, tattoo. <laughs> but you know, I love film and, and love music. So there's like, and there's so much out there. Oh, of course. That I want to do. Yeah. And you know what? If there's people now coming up who are just going to do what we did when we started, I'll yeah. leave them to it because right. we've got. I've got other things. That right, you want to expand. It's like, yeah, you feel you feel like you've been able to accomplish what you wanted to. I mean, there, obviously there's some more you want to do within that, but you've been able to accomplish what you wanted to do initially, and then you just want to build off that. Yeah. that. I mean, that only makes sense. Yeah. It's just and, like, you know, we started to do events now, so right. on Halloween, we're flying Fabio Frizzi over from Italy to play a church in London. Amazing. And we sold, like, it holds nearly a 1,000 people. We've mm-hmm. sold 700 tickets already. That's great. And we're in May. Yeah, May. You know, yeah, yeah. like... You know, we do, I'm you doing got a, some time. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing an event with my friend Josh, who he's like one of the premier um, rep theatre screeners oh, okay. guys in London. So he finds original prints, 35, 16 mil of like kind of lost films and screens them. Right. Um, and so he found a 16 mil scope print of the fog, which is like <sighs> mint and unused. Wow. So we've got this church. We're, like, decking it out with lighthouses, fog, lasers. Yeah, it's an experience. Yeah, So right. that, and that's going to be for the album launch. So that's going to be to launch the fog, the, the fog. Uh, re- release. Right. That'll be the first time anyone's seen the artwork, which is by Dinos Chapman. That's amazing. And it'll be the screening. There's, like, half hours worth of trailers on 16 mil beforehand. <laughs> and it'll be an event. Right. And it's already sold out, and people. I had an email off someone today again. Oh my god! I live over the road from that place, and yeah. I didn't get a ticket. Oh, and, and you're like, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. So, you just found out about yeah. it now. So we might want to do that, and and you know, and Fabio wants to come to the states, uh-huh. and I really want to do things like that. But obviously, when you 
to bring an eight-piece band and they have a string quartet. Oh yeah, there's a lot of here, logistics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it makes it a lot more expensive yeah, than yeah. doing it in of Europe. Course. But I definitely want to do things over here. Right. Like I DJed on Friday night down in Silver Lake Echo mm-hmm. Park. Yeah, yeah. And it was really small kind of soiree. And sure, Danny, sure. But it was really awesome, like really good. And it's odd, man. Like people came out and they were like, oh, they love the label. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, wow. And it kind of, kind of freaks me out a little bit. Sure. I have to be honest. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We're sitting here. It's like June. And you're like, where has the time gone? And everybody's like, oh my gosh, I have no idea. I got to like accomplish all these other things. Take a moment. Focus on the things that obviously for one matter to you. But for two, look back. Be like, what have I done well? What have I done not so well? And maybe I can, you know, ask some friends and family for some help. But where I have always gone to in regards to figuring out what I can do better, therapy. Therapy is an incredible tool at your arsenal that you can dip into. I've done it for my marriage. I've done it for myself personally. And I'm a huge advocate for what therapy can do for you because it is a third party that's able to look at what you can do to improve your life and be a person to help you along in your journey. And so I think if you were thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and entirely suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and then boom, you're done. It's great. And then if you're not vibing with the therapist, you can switch it at no additional cost. So take a moment, reflect on the things you've done, reflect on the things you want to do, and visit betterhelp.com slash Ray today to get 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Ray. High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at highfivecasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at highfivecasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at high5casino.com. High Five Casino. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Well, I can understand because it's like, the especially when it's like you know you're working i mean like you have like on sort of you know the back end of the music industry where it's like when i say back end you know it's like you're not prevalent in a band and that's yeah. like you know yeah. you have the support staff which is yeah, labels yeah, and everybody yeah, else yeah. record stores and then you have the bands yeah. or whoever 
So it's like, it's weird for you because it's like, you know, you've never, uh, like most normal people don't view themselves as, you know, like an icon. Like, and so it's like, you know, yeah, you have to shift, you have to shift your mental, your, your, your headspace where it's just like, oh, wow. Like people will recognize me for this thing that they're passionate about. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, I, I flew in. Uh, the other Saturday. Yeah. Um, on Sunday, we got up, we went record shopping, we were in Amoeba. Yeah. So I'm just looking through the racks at Amoeba, and there's a guy next to me. I'm with a couple of friends, mm-hmm. and there's a guy next to me, he's got his basket, and he picks up They Live and the Devil's Business, and puts them straight in his basket. And I'm looking at my friends going, Oh my God, that's buy my records. That's happening right yeah, now yeah. in front of me. In Amoeba right. as well. So you're like, right. Holy. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. So, and I was just really excited to of see course. someone buying. I mean, it's, it's uh, every time I go to a store and I see this stuff on the walls, it blows my mind. Of course. Well, yeah, because that's, that's that you're coming from a, a place of, you know, you're just, you're genuine about what it is that you're putting out. And then when you yeah, see. Because I'm just a fan as right. well. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I'm you're not like some dude. You know crazy businessman. Right. right. Here's a yeah. mogul. Yeah. yeah. And it's not like anyone would look at the business decision to be like, all right, I'm going to put out some soundtracks on vinyl. Like, fucking, you're going to make a million dollars. Yeah, because yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you never are. But like this guy, he was like, he was further down the alphabet than me. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Section. Of course, of course. And I was like, shit. Yeah. Yeah, damn it. He's beating me. So that's that's really amazing. And then we went to a Matt Analog and Uh and those guys were lovely and they were like really, really lovely about the label. That's awesome. It's it's pretty amazing to to be in that position. uh, Because, I mean, I, I always like to trace back like essentially what people, you know, why they arrive at where they're at currently. And the uh, so I mean, born and raised in the UK, like that's yeah. that's what what city in particular? Uh, I was born in Birmingham. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, Home of Napalm Death. Yeah, <laughs> I, know, I know all those guys. Of course, of course. Yeah. I mean, Birmingham's pretty small. Yeah, like I mean, it's, even though it's the second city. It's, it's well, yeah, small. you see, I mean, especially when you look at like artists from you know the UK, and like especially when it's like all this cross pollination to where you know, and I mean, I think it speaks to the UK music scene in general. I mean, even to this day, where it's just like the uh, the scope of what I guess your general band is aware of is, is much more so than like uh, you know, I, I look at like a band from whatever Southern California, like when they start playing and they their their ultimate goal is to be on Warp tour. That's all yeah. they pay attention to. Yeah. Whereas, like you know, bands just because you have a small, there's a smaller section. They're just aware of more yeah. initially, and so and that's why I think. Oh yeah, if you start a band in the UK, you want to go and play Europe and Japan. Right, right. That's what everyone wants to go and play Japan. Right, you right. can buy crazy stuff. Though. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> and so, what was your what was your uh, what was your family structure like? You know, brothers and sisters. Um. Yeah, I've got a sister who. I mean, she's into music, but not right. Like, like my dad was in a band. Oh, okay. When he was really young, and they released uh, like a ten-inch single. Okay. And they had a management deal. And they supported like they were a local band. They were pretty big in Birmingham. They okay. supported like the Rolling Stones and the Beatles. Sure. So they were kind of like you need to play with them when you go to Birmingham. Yeah, yeah. Got so they, you know, they were big and they had an offer to go to London, and they they'd been playing together since they were like thirteen, sure. twelve, thirteen. Mm-hmm. And the drummer didn't want to go, so they didn't go. My dad still sings. That's like how he earns his his money. My dad's oh. got like a great voice, man. Really, that's yeah, amazing. He does like proper kind of 
Frank Sinatra. I was about to say, so he's like a crooner. That's yeah, 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 yeah. And he's still doing it every weekend, man. He's got like two agents and stuff. That's amazing. It's so he just gets kind of like flown to sort of like you know parties or whatever they need yeah, him at. He like goes to Benidorm for like six weeks a year and ends up doing all these clubs out there. And stuff. You're I'm like, like, how old are you? You're not. You're not a teenager. Right. You know? You're like, my dad's a lounge singer, essentially. Because yeah. my mom grew up in the music scene as well. And uh-huh. and like, I remember like two years ago being at home. Like, like, I don't visit that often. But sure. when I do, I, I just hang out with her. Uh-huh. And like, she was watching like Glastonbury or something. Mm-hmm. And she was like singing along to the Arctic Monkeys. And I was just like, <laughs> really? Like, what? Yeah. You yeah. know? Well, because, right. yeah, you view, I mean, you view your parents, especially from, even if they are musical, it's like, they're stuck in there. Right, time. exactly. I mean, it's funny because I visited just before I flew out. I had to go. I went home for a week because uh-huh. um, my sister's got a kid and it was my nephew's birthday. Actually, while I was every year I'm at Nami, like it's every year he's two, right. like he's his birthday. <laughs> yeah, so sure. I went up the week before and um, I had to approve the test pressings for Fog. Oh, sure. And um, we're on a really, really tight deadline mm-hmm. because we've got this event. The live event, sure. So I was like, all right, well, I'm away. I'm in Birmingham for a week, and then I get back for a day, and then I'm flying to the States. Right. So they ship them to Birmingham. So me and my dad sat at his oh, and like, listened to them on his old, like, 1970s, like, Pioneer right. stereo and stuff. That's incredible. And it was just really funny. My dad was like, I think the fog's, like, my favourite of his. Although I quite like the thing, you know? like <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, so, so that you're able to bond over that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was really fun, man. That's and, cool. And, you know... I mean, they're all... And so they, so they were basically they as you were growing up, they were making their living within the. Did your mom work in the music industry? No, or she, no, she was like, not at all. She was just like helping, yeah, 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 yeah raising yeah, you guys. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, since music was such a central part of your life, like how how did you develop your own musical identity? Like well, in the high school and stuff. It's really funny because I grew up being force fed the Beatles. Sure, I can't listen to the Beatles. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. I hate them. And uh, that was, that was really was... controversial, but I don't want it's, to. I mean, it's your parents. It, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. rooted in that. I get that. And yeah. then I, like, my dad brought me a guitar, and it was like a Gibson Sunburst. I had guitar lessons for quite a few years, and it was all, all I learned was the Beatles. And all I learned was, like, the animals. Everything you didn't want to learn, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. And at the time, it was cool. And sure. the only records I bought myself is that I got my dad to buy me, like, the soundtracks to the Muppet Show 1 and 2, the TV series. Oh, yeah, of course. And then I got the Star Wars soundtrack. Sure. Like, in a really beautiful gatefold with a massive poster. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's essentially where the label, you know, is is grand, you know, stems from. Sure, sure. So I used to listen to that record with this poster, and it was amazing. It wasn't a shot from a movie. It was this really rough painted. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, um, Attack on the Death Star, really... uh, Like, sketch out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really amazing. And then... As soon as I got to secondary or high school. High school, yeah, secondary. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. As soon as I got to high school, I just started hanging out with kids that were a lot older than me. Uh-huh. And they were all into, like, goth. And... So I think I probably, when I got to high school, I was listening, as everyone else was at the time, mm-hmm. The Smiths, New Order. Sure. Because what, what, what era was this? I mean, what, like, it was like... Uh, this was, like, 80... Yeah, but the early 80s, 80, maybe? Early 80s, yeah, 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 yeah. Which, I mean... And I had this weird mix of, of being into like really new romantic stuff like uh-huh. Japan and then Adam and the Ants and sure. Duran Duran and then that led on to stuff like Viva. 
and okay. like early Simple Minds and sure, stuff like sure, that. Sure, sure, sure. And then that just led into like, I discovered The Cure and then I was off. Right. Black hair, crimp, back comb, sure. all in black. You're diving into that yeah, immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that's, I was like 40, 15. I was hanging out with kids who were like 21. Oh, okay. I worked in this really cool record shop. So basically, okay. I used to go into Birmingham City Centre. There was mm-hmm. a record store called Vinyl Dreams mm-hmm. in this place called Oasis Market, which was this crazy place where kids, Should normal go. kids didn't go, and they sure. were, they'd go, it's all weird in there. And right. Like, Zig Sputnik had a shop in there called Sex. And sure. There was, it was just... Just an odd. odd it was place. the it was the fr- the fringe mini mall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then so I was going in there to buy like you know records like a kind of bunny man and stuff like that. Sure, sure. And then I used to hang out there every Saturday. Me and this kid called Nick who became friends. He mm-hmm. was like the same age as me. Mm-hmm. And eventually, and I know this sounds like a cliche, and I know it sounds like bullshit, but it was like total high fidelity. And yeah. Barry Barry Siner that owned the shop said. Do you guys just want to work for me on Saturdays? Yeah. Because you're, you're here, here right. putting records out, tidying the racks, yeah. talking to customers. And we're, I was just like, yes. So I, I was like 40. Right. So I've arrived. Like, so I was working in this record store and it was like, it was, there were two really cool record stores with Vinyl Dreams and Swordfish. Uh-huh. Uh, and Vinyl Dreams edged it for me because like, they had like a massive like thrash metal section, oh, like sure. skate metal section, as well as all the goth stuff. So I really early got exposed to a really wide range of alternative yeah, music. Yeah. I love to hear that because it's like, I think that's so, like I, I worked from like 18 to about 22. I worked at an independent record store down in Orange County. It was like a small little chain. There's like three stores, but same sort of experience. Like, you know, because I mean, I, I grew up in like the hardcore straight edge punk scene. And so... You know, I was listening to like Strife, Snapcase, Earth Crisis, yeah. and like you know, those bands are so important to me. But it was like when I started to work at the record store, it would it just opened my eyes. Yeah. I was just like, you know, hey, have you heard Caius? And yeah. I was just like, what the fuck is this? And like having that singular experience of being exposed to different stuff and making your music view wider, it's like I would not trade that for anything because it's like you do if you don't have that experience you kind of get stuck in a rut and you yeah. don't aren't open to other things it's great that you had that experience so young yeah like, well and that and that was it and then it, it kind of stopped hanging out with most of my friends at school because mm-hmm. there was only a couple of them were really into that sure and then you know there's this uh, guy called pete and this girl called spider and she, she used to run like gary newman's fan club and stuff and they were with like, the name, like spider i would hope so yeah 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 and and <laughs> And, and, and they were like really a lot older than me, but mm-hmm. they would like they were awesome, man. They would smuggle me into places wherever they could. Sure, they would invite me to their house parties. So I'm like hanging out with these kids who are like six years older than me and stuff. Yeah, and they're not treating me like a kid. Sure, you know they're treating me like one of them. That's and that's huge because yeah. it's like you. I mean, obviously in high school, a lot of the stereotypical experience of a kid is like you know. I feel like I'm an adult, but I'm still being treated like a child. Yeah. And so for you to have that oh, yeah, experience outside, it's like, yeah. You know. So it was, that was amazing. And then uh, from then on, I just, I mean, I was really good at school in, in the beginning, but in yeah. the end, I just was like, I don't really care. And then because I wasn't very good at the way it works back home, I don't uh-huh. know how it works in the States, but sure. you, you get to a point when you hit like 13 and you have to choose what syllabus you want to do. So you Oh, really? So it's kind of like a, like a, how we do it over here where it's like in high school or secondary school, we don't really, you don't choose anything until you graduate and then you go to college and you choose yeah. what, what we call your major. You do this younger. So I wanted to do music and art, yeah. but because I wasn't very good at chemistry and, and math, mm-hmm. 
they wouldn't let me do those two things. Really? Now I'm going, these are like the only two things I'm really, really good at. <laughs> right, right. Like, this is what I really love. Sure. And they were like, yeah, but you're not good enough here to do that. So I couldn't do them. Wow. So, so then I, I didn't kind of rebel, but I just lost interest. And I was just like, well, I right. don't want to do history, physics, English, you know, yeah, yeah, all yeah. that stuff. I quite liked English. I was good at English. So right. like a, you know, like That's what I feel. I, I feel it's kind of like the default where it's like, you know, every t- like sort of sensitive artist, musician type if they can't do that, they'll always fall into English because, yeah, they're still using words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So I, I got kind of a bit disillusioned there and left school and I was like, I'm not going to go back to school. And I, I was really good at cooking. My other love has always been cooking. Oh, okay. Like um, my nan did that. My mom did it as a job. My grandma did it as a job. Oh, okay. So I was always cooking from an early age. I'm really oh, wow. It. So I went to college for a year. To, to sort of learn chef and but when you dropped out of secondary two questions about that <laughs> how did your how did your parents take that i wasn't you know what it's not a big deal really like it is over here so i didn't i didn't drop out i finished school oh, okay and then just said i'm not going to go to sixth form where you call it sixth form where sixth you go form. on for like sixth form yeah yeah oh, that's where okay. you go on for like extended studies for a couple of years right right that, essentially it's kind of how college is yeah yeah here. yeah right, and i was right. like i'm not going to do that and and, and I've got no interest in doing that. Okay. So obviously because of your parents' background and them sort of understanding how music works, like were they kind of like, what the fuck is Spencer doing? Like, it, you know what? I don't think my parents have ever understood what I've done, <laughs> right? Until until <laughs> right. a couple of years ago when Record Store Day became huge. Right. And then I'm on TV, mm-hmm. on the news on BBC One. Right. And my mom was like, oh my God, you're on, wow, my God, why are you on like the news on TV? And <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. Like, because this thing is a big deal. So right, right. Yeah, um, right. I'm like, you know, the, it, people really care about this stuff. And then I think they've never been, you know, they, they've always been proud of me because I've always done what I wanted to do. I'm one of those people that never felt like I couldn't do something. So like, you know, I put film festival like 24-hour horror marathon film festivals on i did a fanzine when i was young yeah yeah i released a seven inch by a band from san diego hardcore band from san diego called spanacore zone of course yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's amazing so you yeah. released it over over, in, over there yeah and then, we, and then we toured spanacore zone and the swing kids in europe of so i've always felt that you can just you can do stuff if you want to do stuff right you don't have well it's to. that it's that whole i mean it, i it always gets me so excited when I hear this because it's like, it's it's obviously like the DIY mentality where it's like, even though you don't know how to do something, all you do is roll up your sleeves and try to figure you out on your do. own. Right. And I never got paid for doing right, that, no, course, which is why I never really released. I released a seven inch by Spana Corso yep. and then we toured them and then we toured Swing Kids uh-huh. and then I released a seven inch by a New York band called Dahlia Seed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't get paid by anyone. So I couldn't put another record out because right. you just, just, and it was DIY. So right. you'd be sending people. Here you go. Here's 20 records. Yeah. Right. And it was, it was, there was no internet then. This is no. crazy, man. This is like 96. Yeah. And there was no internet. Of course. Which is mind blowing when you look back at it. Totally. So, um, you know, Grant from Spanakorzo sent me the master through the post and we were sending Amazing. letters to one another. Right. So did you, so you, you got into the, I guess, aggressive nature of music? Like, you know, when, I mean, because obviously if you were 
paying attention to what was happening in San Diego. Like, yeah. did that, like... I, you know what's really strange? I have no idea, apart from the fact that I worked in record stores, so mm. we get this stuff in on import. Sure. I have no idea how I discovered all those bands. Like, Chris, who's has, we're in those, right. Carly Lennox has to yeah. do this. Yeah, yeah. Me and him were massively into hardcore. Okay. So, like, like we used to go on tour with, like, Sensefield or Revelation. Of course. And, you know, we used to hang out with like, guys like Quicksand. Of course. And, and, and so it's like, basically, when any of those type of bands would go to the UK... We'd go on tour. We'd just go and... We'd go to every show in the car sure. across the country. Sure. So, like, that first Quicksand tour, we went to... All, they did eight shows, and we went to every single one. That's amazing. You know? And then... I don't know. It, I think when you're just really... Like, I'm just really into music. Right. It doesn't really matter what it is. What, what genre or so? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's certain genres I don't like. Right, you stray away from because you're just like, this is... I don't get it. Right. Don't get reggae. Sure. But I like hip-hop. Right. Which I've never been able to figure out why. But reggae, I just can't. I just it just doesn't do anything. Sure, me, sure. Which is kind of weird. And then I think we're you know once we experience some semblance of a community, like and you know that is from like obviously going to shows and being like okay wow like these same two hundred people are here to watch this band, like you just get drawn towards it yeah. and you seek that out no matter what because there's obviously so many different facets in music yeah. that have that same sort of you know, community aspect. And so, yeah. Yeah, just... we used to drive to Manchester to go and see Avail, then you'd drive up to Bradford to go and see, like, Split Lip. Of course. You know, I was massively into... Like, I mean, I bought this. Yeah. Not that anyone can see. No, no. Oh, yeah, the Texas... The, of course. The reissue, Texas, Texas the reason the reissue. reissue. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're, like, they're playing. They're yeah. playing their final ever show. Yeah, yeah. London. So me and a couple of friends are going to go. That'll be incredible. Yeah, yeah. Time, so. I just I just saw them when they did the LA show and it was awesome. Yeah, like I saw did. them like four or five times. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, they, they played a couple of shows in the UK and then I saw them. I was looking at the scene. Yep. At CBGB's at a revelation all day. Uh, yep. Um, That's awesome. So let's, well, it just, it sounds like that obviously you just, you dove into every facet that you kind of like have an interest in yeah it's it, it's odd I, I think if i drew a musical tree yeah, yeah things i always gauge how into something i am like by how i dressed at the time oh, so when yeah. i was a hardcore kid like we, we were, me and chris were joking about this yesterday yeah, yeah, yeah. And in fact last night at dinner because i was like we used to wear like krishna beads of course shelter and like <laughs> What on earth we did? Right, right. And then everything was bought from thrift stores. Of course. When you're like a hardcore kid. Of course. And then when I was a goth, I was just like, you know, black. But everything I've been into sort of made sense in a weird way, like in a, in a, you know, if you trickle it down and and, and put it on a piece of paper. And especially when you combine that with youth, it's like, of course, you're just like, I'm going to adopt every single thing that yeah. I see out there. I li- but I, I like that equation of like, my direct passion for something, if it reflects my lifestyle, then I'm, I was totally into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I, at, at, the, at that time, well, you know, from like early 80s, mm-hmm. 83 or something. Sure. That's when you could go to a video store in the UK. Yep. And... They, you could, I would walk in there as mm-hmm. a like thirteen-year-old kid, and they would read me *Cannibal Holocaust*. Right, I spit on your grave. Right. I remember we bunked off school, like, um, and we did a double bill of *Last House on the Left* and *Cannibal Holocaust* oh. at my friend Stephen's house. That's and he incredible. Was just like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, you're like, this is the yeah. best day that we did not go to school yeah. ever. 
and then of course all that stuff started to get banned and yeah. and, and there was like uproar and then I was hooked mm-hmm. and you know I just wanted to watch every single one of those video nasties and right. my dad had two videos so I'd go to the store we'd rent it and then I'd bootleg it oh, <laughs> so nice. I could carry on watching yeah, yeah, yeah. it because back then to buy a video cassette it's like a hundred bucks, man, and the rest. It was like it was like seventy eight pounds to buy a rental copy, right, dude? Fifty dollars. I, I tried to. I, I was. I can't remember who I was talking to. Just a friend, and I was saying like I remember because I mean I, I'm I'm thirty two, so it's like I was you know like when I first started to get into videos, like you know a fucking Gumby when I was a kid or whatever. And I always remember I was like, Mom, could we buy this on Betamax? And she was like. They're like $120. Yeah, yeah, and I was yeah. like, oh, what do you mean? Like, yeah. but I want to see Gumby all yeah. the time. And like So I used to rent them because right. we, we had a card and it was about I think it was a pound fifty a night. <laughs> so we I wouldn't even if I didn't watch it that night, we'd just copy it. Which yeah, obviously yeah. is highly illegal. Uh, highly illegal. Not recommended. Recommend no, yeah, yeah, because yeah. look what's happened to the music and the uh, <laughs> film yeah, industry yeah, exactly. because of people that do that. But then I, I look at it from the flip side too, where it's just like because you did that. It, it, I now own all those. Exactly. Like, I, I, it, I, it, it has made you that much more yeah. devoted and probably spent probably three times as yeah. much money. <laughs> yeah, because I buy... Of course. I'm one of those weird collectors that I'm like, oh, I don't... No, I'll just buy this because it's a different cover. Or, of course. Right, you know, right, yeah, there's a slightly yeah, different... Extra, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's an added DVD bonus. Obviously, with the record store experience, and like basically that, like that, just kind of like once you started to work at that store, that was like the store that kind of you always wanted to work in music I, and stuff. Yeah, and and I didn't really think I could do anything else. I love okay. selling music. Yeah. So and never desire to play, like try to actually play in a band, I, or you I, just I was in bands and stuff. Okay. But, you know, I've put a couple of records there, but I never liked getting up on stage and playing my own stuff. Because okay. it felt if someone didn't like it, mm-hmm. or if something went wrong, it it, it was too personal. Oh for sure. Me. So uh, hey, that that can relate back to our earlier conversation yeah. with the, the way the label. I can yeah. understand. So it was. But I'm perfectly fine DJing. Like I've DJed to like sure a lot of people. And sure, I've DJed to two people. Because DJed to a thousand right. people, but because it's not your music. Yeah, you're you're, you're a curator yeah. of other. Yeah, yeah, music. and yeah. because I know. Well, because I think I know yeah. what's good. Sure. Uh, it's easier to, for me to do a set and play. Right, right, right. And stuff like that. And that I, makes sense. I kind of enjoy that. Whereas I don't. I mean, the last band we were in was this. In fact, I've, I'd like to say we were a bit ahead of our time. Oh, it was okay. like a really doomy, heavy, electronic sure. film style kind of metal. Okay. We played a few, quite a few shows. We put a record out. And all the song titles were like. Uh, Horror film, amazing, and the band was called Haddonfield, Illinois, which is obviously where Mark Miles yeah, is yeah, from. Exactly, and this, the titles were like Camp Crystal Lake and Stupid Bunny yeah. Suit. Oh, homages like to all of your yeah, favorite yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it was really fun. And I, I did listen to a track the other day, and, and, and which samples Zombie Flesh Eaters. I'm interested. And I was like, actually, actually really good. Yeah, man. you're like that held up. That wasn't so yeah. bad. And that was like ten years ago. Or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. But. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! I won again! I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. This is it, your moment. 
This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. When people make the joke, like, music critics and people that work at record stores are failed musicians. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's completely true. Yeah. <laughs> 100% true. Yeah. And, you know, the idea of, like, a failed musician. Because it's, like, obviously, especially coming from, like, the scene that obviously both of us have an intimate familiar, or, you know, a lot of familiarities with. Where it's like, you know, that was never the desire to be like, oh, I'm going to make it. Yeah, that didn't exist. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Like, how are you gonna make a career out of this? Like, what? I never really had a downer on bands when they got signed to a major because I thought, well, what? It's what you're doing it for. Mm-hmm. Who wants to play to twenty people the rest of your life? Especially when the band's good, right? You why keep you? this? Yeah, why keep yeah. this to this small audience? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so I, I was always like stoked for people who right. sort of went on. So yeah, when those when those discussions were happening in the early '90s of bands, I mean, you know, when obviously you know Green Day, Jawbreaker, Quicksand, all those bands were obviously like yeah, they but come- you know that first grit like Dookie, that first major label. That's a, I mean, it doesn't. I don't think it holds up, but at the time, it was a great record, incredible. Yeah. You couldn't you couldn't say that wasn't a great pop punk record. No, and Quicksand, that Slip is brilliant. I totally. still listen to Slip. Yes. To this day. Exactly. And yeah, an absolutely solid record. A Helmet, meantime, that's a, you know. Totally. I mean, the only thing you would argue there is like that someone at Inter- Interscope was stupid if they thought <laughs> they were going to sell five million records. Oh, completely. How are you going to market this? And it's like, yeah, then, then you see it's like bands like Orange 9mm getting signed and you're like, what? Like That was probably a step too far. <laughs> That was, that was definitely the straw that broke every camel's back, where it's like... What is- into another. I remember seeing Into Another at CBGB's at yeah. Revelation or Dare. Sure. And they had all their model kind of girlfriends of sat course. on the back of the stage. We were all going... <laughs> You're like, what's that? This is crazy. Oh my God, Chris, my friend, would kill me, but mm-hmm. I never liked them. Yeah, I couldn't get on with them. Well, I think a band like a band like Into Another inspires. Just, oh, comp- you're, you either love them or you absolutely just hate them yeah. and don't understand where they're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. And I've never ever got them. Right. But you know, it's fun to go and see all that stuff. And yeah, you know, I feel. Well, I, I, think, I made friends that I still speak to now back in you know right. through music and, and, and stuff. Like and I think I, I really do. I mean, that's I think that's rare for most quote unquote normal people. You know, to yeah. have 
these long lasting, cause it's like, you know, it's like when people, once people are done the secondary or high school, or whatever, it's like, you know, you have like your one or two friends and it's like, yeah, like there are people that I'm still in touch with that I went to high school that, you know, I'm, I still consider friends, but then there's, I mean, the, the type of people that I've stayed in touch with in the music industry, it's like, I mean, that lasts for yeah. years and years where it's like, you, you just can't, it's just because you have that common understanding where it's yeah. like, okay like you know i mean you and i have never met and then we were immediately let's oh yeah into another yeah yeah it's like, yeah, yeah. And we're we're, you we're could good mention we're good. that to someone else and they'd be like what, <laughs> yeah. in, what into what why is what, that what? relevant why is that yeah. why is that what? i don't even know what that yeah. is and then it's like yeah it's like where do i even begin explaining this to you it's impossible well yeah because you can't no <laughs> and uh, you know i did a um, amoeba what's in my bag oh yeah and, yeah, yeah. and i did it this week and i I, uh-huh. did, I bought the texas reason album sure and I was like, because I was like an old emo kid, and then I was like, oh no, that sounds terrible because the emo is like really rubbish now. Isn't it? And it, it's <laughs> because like they're gonna be like, joke. oh, you're super into Fall Out Boy and yeah. like Chemical Romance, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I was like, well, I was kind of into like San Diego Screamo, and then I was like, oh wait, oh, no, because now that's also really terrible. And yeah, it's yeah. basically all that stuff is now hair metal. Oh yeah, it's yeah. like the yeah, new Black Veil Brides, of course, right? Yeah, yeah like you're it. just like, what? How's it? Yeah, and I'm like, no, no, I really loved like you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any, any band that was on Gravity, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Antiochara, of course. Click if Ebullition, yeah, if yeah, Ebullition yeah, put yeah, it out, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. into it. Iconoclast, that seven inch, where the bass player sings yeah. that one track, "I Love You Less Than Apple Pie." Yeah, I fucking love that record. Yeah, to this a, day, it's incredible. Yeah, um, and so the, um, like you said, with with working at record stores, it was really fun for you to obviously recommend music and like that. The, because obviously before the internet was obviously what it is now where you have recommendation engines, engines you know, recommending a bunch of bands to yeah. you, where it's like you did feel like that, you know, when you got exposed to something through a record store, either by you just discovering it on your own based on the little yeah. write-up or recommendation or whether it was you actually physically playing in the store and someone yeah. having the courage to go up to you, who, who is this? Yeah. Well, I, I went to Amoeba, I've been three times in yeah. this last week. That last time I was in, the clerk was like, Wow, this was when I did what, what's in what's in my bag. And uh-huh. I was buying my stuff, and he was like, "This is the best sale I've right. had today." He was like looking through it, going, yeah, like, "I get this Skinny Puppy, Ian yeah. Rail soundtrack, like all this kind of weird, you know, whatever." Right. And and I was like, "Oh, thank you." And he was like, "Oh, well, what?" You know, he, I think he just said, "Oh, what do you do?" And I said, "Oh, I run yeah, I do a label." Yeah, label. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, "I love that label. We're really big fans here." And I was like, "Cool." And he's like, "Oh, you should check out my band because." we do this kind of really dark wavy type stuff and they're really good. And I always think that's really cool because there is in record stores, there is a connection that just because you're in there buying, there's a connection Mm -hmm. with whoever else is in there. Yeah. It's, it's, you don't get that. You don't get that when you go into like urban outfitters. No, the gap. No, no. Whatever. I guess maybe comic books may be like that. Yeah. 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 But record stores are definitely, you're buying records. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I mean, I, I think you hit the perfect point where it's that, like, I mean, you could probably say that for, like, baseball card shops or whatever. It's, like, yeah. any sort of, like, and, and obviously I would, it's a stretch to call Amoeba a mom and pop because obviously it's so large, but yeah. it still has the same tenets of what it, what it began. But any sort of, like, cottage-type industry, even though the industry may be fucking massive, it still has that little sense of community where it's, like, yeah. a kid can ride his bike down a local baseball card shop and, like, hang out with his other 12-year-olds and then, like, a you know, 50 year old guy telling them how yeah. he needs to, they need to buy the newest rookie card or whatever. Yeah. Like same sort of experience. Yeah. 
Um, and so the, uh, so obviously like, you know, for the, the past couple of years, you've obviously been at, you know, rough trade East and that's like, that's your full-time gig, what you've been doing as far as the record store and stuff like that. Do I mean, are you a buyer there or manager there? I, I, I left. Right. I know you left, yeah, yeah. but I mean, that was I, like, I, I, I how was, long did you leave? I left in November. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was brought in to open rough trade East because they had only got experience of smaller stores, like 500 square foot. Sure. This was 5,000. I kind of grew up, obviously, as we said, like in indie stores. But then I worked at HMV for a spell. Okay, got in it. Management. Got it. Didn't really like it mm-hmm. because it was, it was too corporate. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and for me, I was I remember like one day playing I Am Spoonbender, and I ordered like ten <laughs> copies of it. So I was a buyer. Sure. And one of the buses was like, "What on earth is this?" I was like, "Well, we've sold four. One has yeah. been playing." No one else in town is selling four copies of Iron Spoon in right, 20 see. minutes. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. And he was like, put Madonna on. And I was like, everyone knows what Madonna sounds right. like. Does this, is this and he's like, yeah, but it's yeah. out this week. And I'm like, uh, whatever. And it is that kind of thing. And I'll be honest, the people I worked with were really cool. And there were lots of people on the floor right. that were really into music. Pretty much everyone in management was not, and they were not. Yeah, not my kind of people. I'm sure they were looking at it from the the terms of it's like that they're running a business, but they are, and, 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 and they but and they were, but it didn't it didn't matter what they were selling. They yeah. could be selling pots and pans. They're just working in retail. And things. I do understand that me, yeah, yeah, that weird kind of stuff is not anything they would get or understand. So I, I think the fit from both ways right. wasn't perfect, like wasn't great. Well, because here you were, you were just like, you, you're like, I'm working in a record yeah. store. And like, yeah, I'm working in a larger record store, but I'm still a yeah. fan of what they're doing. Yeah. But back then, though, it was still, H&V was still a good store. And, and sure. we, had, we had like a huge metal section with right. a metal buyer. It was like 30, 30 foot section. We had a hip hop section. Yeah. We had, you know, it was, it was hitting all genres. It was good. And I, I did enjoy it. And I learned a lot working in that environment. Mm. But it was obvious it wasn't going to be forever. Because yeah. You know, I got tattoos, and they were like, "You can't wear a long sleeve shirt. Oh, yeah. You have to take your nose ring out." And I'm not particularly alternative. No, yeah, you, like you, you don't, you don't. I mean, for I didn't have pink hair. I didn't, you know, it wasn't like it wasn't right. You're not super edgy. Yeah. yeah, and then eventually, it just kind of wears you down. That you're just like, you know, what? Everyone here has got tattoos, and it's like ninety degrees, and we're having to wear long sleeve shirts right. because they're scared and like scared. Yeah. frighten someone off right they're buying the newest Michael Bolton and they'll yeah. be like oh my god so I don't think it was ever a fit from both perspectives sure sure that, that was ever really really going <laughs> sure sure long time so and then I got out of retail for a year okay I got like this really boring office job like doing this working for this company that used to sell things for people on eBay when eBay was still kind of new and yeah. people didn't understand so they would bring us their stuff to Completely ridiculous company. Right. People would bring you their, their stuff. And you, you would go, for them. You would like go, I reckon you could get like oh, you 20 were, bucks for that. You and were then an you'd estimator. List it. Yeah, yeah. And then you'd list it for them. And then, of course, you never got anywhere near what you said. And then you get people like screaming at you. Those Prada shoes are worth X amount and you only got me five bucks for them and stuff. And I'll be honest, I spent the whole year just mooching around on the internet. Yeah, of course. Out of my school, it right. wasn't for me. And I had a friend, an ex MD mm. of HMV rang me and said, What are you doing? And I said, I'm doing this. And he said, Oh, ever consider going back to retail? Yeah. 
music retail and i said no not really because right. i kind of like my weekends sure even though i'm bored i, I, I you know yeah. i like nine to five right and he said oh right he said oh rough trade are looking for someone to open their new flagship store and i was like all right I'll yeah yeah because <laughs> yeah it's rough trade are yeah. you kidding me and yeah. if you're gonna go back right and i, I went and met them and we got on and we had a lot of meetings and I had to do a presentation. I mean, it was way heavier than I thought it was going to be. Sure. Yeah, they took me on. We opened the store. Right. I sort of sailed the store through those choppy first few years. Of course. Um, Pete and I, due the original co-owners, uh-huh. are like awesome, yeah, yeah. awesome people. Well, and you just see, you see such a, uh, for most of the labels that have obviously existed over in the UK for so long, you know, 480, whatever, like all those labels that have such a long history and you're just like, you see at the core of it, you're just like, it's it's very people. Yeah. These are people that have loved music and it's like, it just happens to be that like all of a sudden now they're in a much larger environment because of the quality of music they're releasing. And I really loved it. You know, I love my job. And then when we originally talked about opening a store in New York, Mm -hmm. We were like trying to find someone to run it and couldn't find anyone. And I said, you know what, guys, I'll love to go and do it. I love New York. I spent a lot of time there. Mm-hmm. In the um, I was like, I'd, def- I'd go and do it. So they were like, that's cool, but who's going to do this? And I was like, well, you know, we'll figure that out. Right. And then New York took so long, like so many years. Yeah. I mean, it really took it out of me. Sure. And we found a space, we lost a space. I went over, I found a space that they were about to move into in September. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the amount of time it took to even get to the point where we were processing my visa took sure. like another year and a half and put a massive strain on like my like personal relationship. And, sure. And that kind of crumbled away because it was just, no one knew what was going on. And I was staying at friends because I was like, you I'm going to move you next did month. Have a yeah, that, wow. I'm going to move yeah, next yeah. month. And... So you were just in this like perpetual state. You yeah, just hate but that. still running the store. Right. Still running Rough Trade East. And then I started the label just not because I was bored, because that sounds terrible, but because I needed to do something. Right. You needed that outside stimulation. Waiting. Sure, sure. And I only ever thought, I mean, genuinely only ever thought the label would be 500 units. Yeah. We might sell them. It would be cool right. to do, and I'd be quite into it. And then before I knew it, you know, my death waltz is, stuff is taking over rough trade. I'm getting into rough trade at eight in the morning, but I'm not doing any work till 11 because I've got so much death waltz stuff to do. And right. I, I really struggled trying to, trying to balance it out and, and give it my best. And then it, 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 and then with record store day as well, which. I know when did, when, when did you become the sort of spearhead? Because it didn't, it didn't start this quote-unquote, start the same year as what we launched in the States, right? We, we did the year after. That's what I thought, okay. So I, for, for that, it, well, for four of my five years at Rough Trade, right. I, I did Record Store Day. You were the Record Store Day. You are basically the Record Store Day coordinator for all yeah. the UK. Which, you know, that starts December. We had meetings with labels. And yeah. then in January, bang. And it's, you know, so... Oh, dude, it's huge. Yeah. I mean, it, like, especially I've gone every single year... Um, and I mean, it just, in the States, it's just, it's, it's hilarious because you're just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like these are, you know, you look around and it's like, like these are people that two years ago wouldn't have any fucking clue what a record store is. And then now are so devoted to the format. It's like, 
that's great. Yeah. And it's also just like, wow, that, yeah. like, great marketing. You know, it definitely became a bit of a strain and, and balancing home. I didn't balance home. I just yeah. worked. You just worked, right, right. Solid, mate. And then... I mean, it must have been impossible for you to maintain any semblance of a, a normal relationship, or not even a normal relationship. Yeah, you just can't. You know, I would go to dinner and, and be on my phone. Sure. Working, because if I didn't, I don't know when I would do it. Right, right. So... You know, I struggled with what I was going to do for quite a while. Sure. And also definitely didn't want to let, like, Pete and Nigel down at Rough Trade. Right, Because right. they'd been so good to me. Sure. And, you know, I, it was really putting me under a lot of pressure, and I was really beginning to freak out because I thought, I can't, I don't know how, I'm going to have to give up the label. Sure. If I go to New York, because, I, you know, opening a store and opening a store of that size in New York is, like, as five years in your life. Right of course. There. And, you know, in the end, I just thought, oh, you know, I've got to, got to do the label because right. it's mine. Right. It's my idea. I got to roll Something that yeah. I wanted to do forever. Sure. So it was a really, really tough decision. And, and seriously, when I, told, I took Pete out and told him, I thought I was going to burst into tears. Sure. And I was just like, oh, my God. But the, the, once I told him and the weight was kind of lifted off my shoulders, and Pete was like, Oh man, you know, really don't want to lose you. I've no idea what we're going to do for New York. I've got no idea what we're going to do for the UK. Right. But those opportunities, these do not come along very often. Right. And I've been in your position, and I did what I needed to do. So you've got to go and do it. That's amazing. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure that was the point where it's like, yeah. oh, and oh then, my god. And then Noreen, who was my assistant manager for five years, yeah, she's taken over the store and she's doing like amazing, probably better than I am. I was. That's was awesome. awesome. And the girl that they've got from New York's brilliant. And I just think it's best because my head wouldn't have been no. 100% in it. And I am 150% into the label. Sure, so, sure. You know, I mean, it, the label, people don't really believe me, but it's just me. Right. I, I have... <laughs> Uh, a lot of people, what they, a lot of people have this public perception of you having like the staff of yeah, minions. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Which is just like nuts. I right. can't afford to do that. <laughs> I mean, I've got Alex, who's awesome. He's my packer. Okay, yeah, yeah. And he does all the customer inquiries and stuff like that. Sure. And he's great. I employ him two days a week. Sometimes only one day a week. Right. And he takes care of all the packing, etc. Sure. Everything else. That's yeah, running through you. Is me because right. I'm a control freak. That makes sense where it's your vision. I was about to say, how did that work? Obviously, you managing a staff at a record store. Well, because I was quite, <laughs> this, this is what we're going to do. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> it, dude, it's so funny that you are that type of person because the guy that I worked for at my record store, um, you know, because I, I came in, same sort of thing where I was just like hanging out every week and he's like, oh, do you want to work here? And like, if I didn't file something like to his standards and appropriately, like, I've hardly ever been yelled at in my life, like my parents, anybody, and he would fucking ride me so no, hard. Really. I never did that. I okay, was never, I was never like. I mean, yeah, you seem like a, a horrible. Right, 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 right. But I, I was I, always fair. But I, <laughs> Pete always used to say, you know, you're good at being the bad guy in a way that where you're not an idiot. Like, okay, people don't hate you. Right, right, sure. Yeah, you're you're able to kind of like. Yeah, I mean, because you obviously you strike me as a calm person. Like you're not gonna, like. I don't know if I'm calm. Really? I've probably got karma. Well, yeah. I, I think age is a tendency to be yeah, that to people. Yeah, it's yeah, like you're a little yeah. mellow, but, but, but you said you weren't yelling at people. No, no, not that. really. And I mean, if I did, it, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was never like a horrible 
Yeah, you know, I never do that. Right, 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 right. You know, just because there obviously has been the resurgence of vinyl and people, you know, care about it and like look at what you're doing or what you've been able to accomplish in such a short period of time. And like you said, where it's like you receive a lot of, or not a lot, but you receive criticism and people are looking at what it is that you're doing and are probably like, oh, look at this fucking guy. Like he's just coming in, he's coming in doing this thing. Like obviously, and if they do even like four seconds of research know that you obviously have a pedigree where it's not just like... Yeah, I mean, hey. I, I've been really lucky because I've worked in the industry for a long time. Right, I, right. I know a lot of people. Right. So it's made it easier right, for me. But it's not, I mean, you know, it's still difficult. Sure. I signed a con- well, I haven't even signed it yet. We're signing a contract next week. It's taken a year to wrap up. Right. You know. Sure. So, <laughs> in fact, I had my first meeting last year at NARM about this huge release. Sure, sure. So it's, you know, and it's a lot of chasing up. It's a lot of work. Right, right, right. You know? Well, it's a lot of, it's a lot of coordination and the ability to, like, put these pieces together in order yeah. to make it all work as one collective thing moving yeah. forward. And, and, you know, just worldwide um, distribution deals and stuff like that with all these different people and making sure things are sent out correctly to right, the right. distributors yeah, yeah, and yeah, getting yeah. decent prices. And then, you know, the one thing that I'm really super proud of is that every release is like so thought out like mm-hmm. there's a you know like there is a reason why mm-hmm. that vinyl is that color there's a reason for this and you know, right everything so <laughs> yeah it's not just like do whatever yeah <laughs> throw it together yeah no no exactly <laughs> so you know you see other people coming up and doing stuff and you're like that's cool but right know, i mean for me it's i mean I, we've, we're releasing maniac the new elijah, elijah wood, wood right, right. Film, which I saw last August, I mean, like, it blew my mind, and the soundtrack's phenomenal. Sure. And immediately spoke to my friend who had acquired it for the UK. Oh, okay. He put me in touch with the producers, and then we've been discussing it forever and ever, trying to get the contract right. Yeah. And now, you know, just got the artwork approved, um, and I've been bugging my plant to do something special for it. Okay. So I really pushed... Like the guys who press my records, sure. And I think they hate me, but secretly they really like it. Right? They're like, "Oh, he's challenging us. Yeah, we got to get this yeah. done." Because I, you know, I've got, I've got a big <laughs> wish list of stuff I want to do. And, right, right. And, and I, I'm one of those people that thinks like, "Why can't you do that? I don't understand why you can't do that." Yeah, you know? this exists in my head. I mean, yeah. Why can't you make this happen? So, but you know, they're really great. At, you know, they do crazy tests for me. And, yeah, you know, they're they're really good. So. It's really good to work with people like that. Of and, course. And the guys at DMS, Disc Manufacturing Services, are just the yeah. most amazing people. Well, it's cool because I, I just always like, I, I mean, the the idea of obviously like controlling the vision of what it is that you're trying to do and then surrounding yourself with people that are like-minded and are able to help you execute what yeah. it is you want to do. Yeah. Like that, I mean, that's both of those steps, while it sounds like you can say it very easily, it's fucking hard yeah. to do. And so it's cool that you've obviously are like, all right, I didn't make this massive life change, dedicate myself to the label and be like, this is like, this is what I'm doing for yeah. the, the unforeseeable future. Well, yeah, I know. And that's the scary thing. Sure. Because, of course. you know, you're like... You're taking a huge jump. Well, like, yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, everything's a risk, especially in this day and age. Of course. Especially in the music industry or mm-hmm. film industry or yeah. any it, The industry. entertainment, the artistic industry yeah. as a whole. Yeah, I yeah. think, uh, you know, nothing's certain, which is, that's why, you know... Yeah, I wanted to not slam out loads of releases, but I wanted to like have a really healthy catalog in that first year, sure. where people would go, 
like with Devil's Business, which is right. my friend's film. Sure. Where they go, we're going to buy this because it's on deference. That was always my intention. Right. So I can do newer, smaller films. Sure. And they may be smaller runs, but people will go, we got to buy this because right. we know the quality is really good. Right, right, right. And we're just about to step it up again. We're going to, from the, I've got, I've got 11 and 12 out. Uh-huh. on june 20th and that ends the second subscription okay service and then we have maniac and the fog coming out in between the second subscription service and the third subscription service sure and both maniac and the fog are using like a case band tip-on sleeves okay the old school really thick cardboard oh sure where the cover back cover is printed on separate paper and then glued on then glued on oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So amazing and nice. like pure quality sure sure so like we're gonna we're gonna start using that and and <laughs> i just love when when people no matter what it is that they're discussing when it's like to the level of intricacy where you're just like you're so pumped on these like inconsequential details to a normal person but yeah. you're just like this is fucking awesome. Yeah. This looks great. It's going to be great. But the big it's... thing for me was I never, on the spines of the records, yeah, yeah. I never wanted to have the title. I right. always wanted to have a quote from the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then not everyone picks up on that. Yeah. I guess not everyone is like looking at, right. every, at every angle. angle. Yeah, yeah. But you know, someone tweeted a picture with all the Death Watch stuff and they were like, right. I love it, all these quotes and stuff. Yeah, so yeah. Is that for me where it's, you're like, a, someone else gets it. Yeah. Yes. And because I'm a fan and because and I'm a collector. Right. To me, that I always thought that would be really good. And then when we did They Live, mm-hmm. everyone obviously was would have thought we'd have put, you know. Kick ass. Um, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, right. we did. And, and, and people were like, oh, you didn't put that on there. And I was like, yeah, because, you know what? That was too obvious. It's too obvious. Yeah. yeah. Bands have used it on T-shirts. Like, hey, come on, we can't do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. it's all that stuff is, like, really great. And then I do listen to feedback. From customers, yeah, and you know, from fans of the label, and and so I know we've noticed that even though everything's shrink shrink wrapped and, and really tightly done, and when we ship things abroad, they do you do get seam splits on them. Oh sure. So we're changing the inner sleeves. Okay. To yeah, yeah. to a polyline black inner sleeve. Oh okay. So they won't. I'm definitely you know cognizant of yeah, yeah. Of, of not. Criticism, but genuine, you know, this is obviously a problem because 20 people have said. Right. This this would improve what you're doing. It's like, oh, yeah, I didn't think of it from that. Yeah. Because you couldn't have thought of that because you didn't do you it don't, yet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Learning so, process, for sure. Yeah. I mean, the next two, Twins of Evil, which is our first Hammer title, uh-huh. and House by the Cemetery, which is our next kind of Fisher Fortune yeah. title. They look amazing, but then that's it for this design. So it was, and that was always a thing that, I wanted to change the design every six records, oh, okay. which is not as easy as... No, 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 not at all. You, it seems think. like you're like, oh, it's a template, just plug it in there, and yeah. it's just like... But coming up with that initial awesome yeah. quote-unquote template, it's not easy. Yeah. I think we're going to change colour of the sleeves. Okay. We're going to go, like, just change it up a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, to me, and, I, you know, I've got... Although I, use, I have all my artists who do, like, amazing cover artwork and stuff. Sure. There's a friend of mine who actually I've met through Rough Trade because he's their kind of um, artistic director. director yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, his name's Tim, Tim Fowler of Opal Design. And he, man, he's awesome. Yeah. Like he puts my stuff together. 
Like I send him terribly hand-drawn bits of paper. Yeah, and, and he makes it look polished. I want this, and he just does it. And yeah. For the longest time, and I never really was 100% happy with it, the, uh-huh. the, the centre label was just the default, so it was a side AR. Oh, yeah. And then he's come up with this just like, it yeah. just looks beautiful and classic. That's awesome. With all the info on it, it's so, so good. You're just excited about all the things moving forward, and that is is the best place you can be. Yeah, and Tim Tim loves working on this stuff as well because he awesome. gets he gets to do stuff that he, I guess he wouldn't generally. Yeah, you can get out in do. an outlet. Yeah, yeah. create stuff. So, well, I really appreciate the time, dude. I mean, this has been fun for me. Yeah, of course. I enjoy that for you as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's nice to just ramble up. All right, there you go. There is Spencer Death Waltz Records. Just Google that. Uh, and you'll be able to find the record label pretty easily. And when I say waltz, it's like the dance. So Death Waltz Recordings Records. Yeah, I celebrate the entire catalog. I think I bought almost every single release. So if you are into any of that, then you would more likely to not have the same sort of passion that I do for that. So dive right in. Join in my nerdiness obsession over things that are pretty inconsequential when you boil it down to the simplest terms. Anyways... Propertyofzack.com, 100wordspodcast.com. Our editor is Tom Richfield. And uh, yeah, on that note, I will talk to you next week. I've got another exciting episode, as every episode. Because, I mean, aren't they all exciting? <laughs> Some are more exciting to others. But anyways, I will talk to you then. Goodbye. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Trust me in saying that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all of the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. The following is a high-five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sort. High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again! Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings.